buddies were like, well, are you going to arrest him for causing the, the, the flood to happen? And the cops were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, dude, every time he's in the bar, he gets drunk and he starts going on and on about how he caused the, the flood to happen. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shoot, Shovel, and Shut Up podcast. At the moment of recording, sorry, Donnie, I cut I'm you Donovan. And I'm OT. At the moment of recording, it is... 8.10 in the morning on a Saturday. It's about 50 degrees in the shop. Oh, it's less than that. I'm going to say we're, we're, we're blowing. We can see our breath. I, my guess would be it's, it's around like 30 degrees in here right now. It's cold. Yeah. That's what it is. It was twenty. It was 25 degrees when I got in the car this morning. Yeah. Outside, so. Um, but it's never too cold. Record an episode. A good episode. That's right. Shoot, shovel, and shut up. Who knows? Maybe the cold air will sharpen our wits. I hope so. Doubt it. <clears throat> anyway. Hey, so uh, let's jump right into it. You said you got a fun fact. Yeah, so my fun fact is that did you know it is illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland? But is it because... And that, that is because they are such social animals that... If you just own one... The Switzerland people? They're social animals? They're the guinea pigs. Oh. If you just own one, it is considered animal cruelty because they get lonely and depressed. Wow. So to not have a horde of depressed solo guinea pigs. Yeah. You can have two. You just can't have one. Really? Yeah. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I feel like my fun fact... Is out of place. Go for it. So I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, so I guess this is like one podcast to another, and I'm just scalping facts. But I listened to an episode where he was interviewing a fella who wrote a book after embedding in African cobalt mines. Cobalt, which I still don't entirely understand what cobalt is, is used in the production of all things software and electronic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I guess software is not a real physical thing, but... Computers, right? Um, phones, all that kind of stuff. It all needs cobalt to operate. And so he went down there and he started, he, he poked around for a few years and ended up writing a book. I wish I had the book. Phil Braden could put the link in the description below, but I don't know what the book title is. Anyway, this guy was saying that like 99%, if not 100%, of the world's cobalt comes from these slave mines, basically. Like the human conditions, are, they're, they're called artisan mines, which we hear artisan in the States and we think like handmade, like it's a craftsman type thing. In, in, in Africa, an artisan mine just means they don't use tools. Like they don't use power tools. With, they mine oh, it with their hands, like with their pickaxes. They use hand tools? Yeah, they use hand tools. And there's, so like there's pictures with like pits of people, like thousands of people. And they're like loading stuff in baskets and carrying them up out. You know, it's like it's like what we would we, we when we grew up in Sunday school and heard stories about the Jews in Egypt, mm-hmm. you know, being oppressed and building like the pyramids or whatever. That's like the image that I saw. And I was like, this is modern day slavery. Like they're probably getting paid, but it also probably can feed them one time that day. Yeah. You know, uh, and, you know, not to just say that China's the only one, you know, benefiting, but a lot of that cobalt's going to China. A lot of those companies that are selling the cobalt are Chinese. Um, and then and then America is buying the phones. And so my fun fact, which is not fun at all, is that if you ever tweet about oppression using a phone, you are supporting oppression by having that phone. Got him. So, I mean, it's just, just be aware. You know, I, I think you need to still use the tools that you have to spread awareness for things. But don't be so blind as to when you're sipping your Starbucks, which is not ethically sourced coffee, on your phone, which is not ethically sourced cobalt. Kind of a hypocrite. No, anyway. Nobody can nobody can escape it. No. No, it's so tough. I mean, you, you'd, you'd have to make your own clothes, live off the grid, eat your own food, and buy nothing from the store. Well, I wonder how much it would disturb their way of life, the people, you know, mining the cobalt. Yeah. If, you know, like... Americans went in there or something with machinery mm-hmm. so that they didn't have to do it. It's like, all right, but this is their way of making money and their way of livelihood. And really yeah. all they, probably all they know right now. Right. Not, not that that's a good thing, but you're right. Cause it, that- it would definitely benefit our economy and it would 
mean less well, grueling work for them, but also how how much would it disturb their economy of that's well, ultimately gone. it wouldn't it wouldn't help us because it would make the phones more expensive because they're able to pay them nothing. Yeah, basically, right. So if if there were like a union that would come in and you know or whatever you know and if if they're able to if if the Africans themselves were able to profit off of the cobalt, it would be very good for them. Uh, but we would you know. We'd take to you know we the streets. Then yeah. why is our phone now two grand? You know, For real. Uh, but uh, which that I don't think that'd be a bad thing either. Right. If I was buying Most a smartphones phone, in circulation. Oh gosh, what right? Anyway, hey, before we get too much onto this uh, tangent, we have a very special episode today. Um, today we have a guest who is mm. a dear friend of both of us. Mm. He is a police officer from the Atlanta area, That's right. and one of the most insane guitarists and musicians I've ever met. He, in fact, inspired my mustache, but he doesn't have one anymore. It's kind of sad. Without further ado, we'd like to introduce David Kolb. Woo! Yeah! The babe! Babe Kolb! <laughs> oh, dude, it, it could bring it back. It hasn't left. I can't believe I inspired your mustache. Oh, absolutely. Wow. You're one of them. Uh, like when, well, I, every time I, I look at that mustache. You can think of, like... Myself? Yes. Wow. Absolutely. You that, should. That is your mustache, right? Well, see, here's the thing. I remember <clears throat> when I first met you at, at Snowbird, and you started growing your facial hair. I thought to myself, I always think that facial hair improves a man's. But when you oh, first did, yep. <laughs> it was the first time I looked and said, that man needs to shave it's everything off. Especially the middle right here. Yeah. Fun fact about uh, David, he's so Polish that he cannot grow hair in the middle of his lip. Yeah. <laughs> World War II joke there for you. <laughs> <laughs> if, you get, if you know, you know. <laughs> that is good. So Polish. Yeah. Wow. Polish. David, do you have a fun fact for us? I did. Mine, mine's more of a, a story. So Okay. Um, and I think it was Missouri in 1993. It was the first time anyone was ever charged with the charge of causing a catastrophe. So. Wait, a human being. A human being was charged with causing a catastrophe. Well, what was the catastrophe? Got so me. there's a whole backstory to this. So mm. this guy, um, I forget his name. I skimmed through this like a week ago, and I was like, wow, that's interesting. Um, Basically, he was working on this levee. So the Missouri River runs through a small town, and this levee is the only thing that's keeping this river from not, you know, flooding and flooding all the bridges and everything. So he's working on this levee, um, and then one day he just decides there's a weak spot. I'm just going to leave it. And basically what happened was this massive flood came and knocked out all the bridges. Nobody died somehow. All the bridges, it submerged a bunch of buildings, um, and basically it made it to where everyone on one side of the river had to drive 80 miles around to get to the other side. Wow. So it it was a catastrophe. Yeah, and so (laughs) this guy was charged with it because of his neglect of of the dam or whatever. But the way the police found out, so the news people show up to the levee, they're like, hey, you're the first guy we see. What mm-hmm. happened? He's like, well, I saw this weak spot, and uh, I fixed it, and then I went to the bar and got a drink. They're like, all right, that's, a, that's our story. Then about a month later, the cops arrest him for a different charge. Uh, he was charged with robbery. And uh, while so this guy isn't a great dude. No, he's he, not he, a great wasn't, he wasn't just innocent. Yeah, so yeah. The ba- some ba- other backstory, he's been charged with arson before, like 10 okay. years before that. So this guy very well could have caused the weak spot, just to see what would happen. But, that's Maybe. pretty much what happened. I was feeling okay. bad for him yeah. until now. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, this guy's <laughs> laziness really got to him, or whatever. Like, it must be pretty hard to keep up with the left. Yeah, I don't know if I can blame him, but yeah, yeah. he was just lazy. Yeah, well, so th- they're interviewing a bunch of his buddies, because they're trying to figure out who did this robbery, and his buddies were like, well, are you going to arrest him for causing the, the, the flood to happen? And the cops were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, dude, every time he's in the bar, he gets drunk and he starts going on and on about how he caused the, the flood to happen. <laughs> and they're like, well, and why? he was proud of it. Yes. And the reasoning he, he, he had to do the flood, right? Mm. The reason he gave was he wanted to party, go fishing, and have an affair. And if he flooded the town, there'd be chaos and he could fish, yep. party, and have an affair. And it kept his wife on the other side of the river. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. 
There's there's way easier things. Yep. Don't have an affair, first of all. Yes. Yeah. Second, if you're going to, don't destroy an entire bridge. Yep. Right. Well, joke's on him because he got charged with life in prison. Yeah. Really? Yep. Well, I guess if you were responsible for causing a catastrophe, yep. you 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 are to be held accountable. Yep. I would hope so. For the the catastrophe as whole. Wow. So. Thank you. That was a good that was a good fact. Then we got two good historical facts to come on here. Now, I need to step up my fact game. Oh, thank you. I'm trying to get away from animals. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I, I understand that. And, and, and like every time I sit down to think up a new fact, I'm like, all right, it can't be an animal fact. But I'm like, there's so many really cool things about animals. I like to think mine was more of a Switzerland fact. Yeah, it's more about how the Switzerland folks are soft as frick and think about animals about say, way too much. I was kind of socialist. Yeah. To, to mandate that you have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I Which, get it. Not, I feel like it's just like a, a, a social awareness. Like, yeah. hey, if you buy a guinea pig, we recommend you buy two because if you want your guinea pig to be happy, which well, most people do want their guinea pigs to be happy. So well, I, an introvert yeah. guinea pig. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, maybe you know, an introvert for yeah, they they both just are depressed alone. Which I mean, I I want to think that people shouldn't have dogs unless they have a yard for a dog to run in. Yep. I, I think that's that. animal cruelty if you get a dog and you don't have any... Lives in your one-room apartment. Lives in a cage or in a one-room apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think anybody should own a guinea pig. I think really? I think it's dumb. I disagree with you. Okay. Why? Because um, many friends of mine growing up have had guinea pigs. And, okay... Maybe I will agree with you on the point of I don't think people should own rodents as well. I wanna I wanna rephrase. Okay. I don't understand why anyone would own a guinea pig. Fair enough. Not that I don't think anyone should or shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I just I don't see the reason. They they're, they're pretty cuddly. For me, for yeah, no. for me the, no, it, no, I agree. They are actually. <sighs> but listen, no. <laughs> listen. Gross. Uh, rat. No, 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 it's not. One, it has no <laughs> tail. And two, it's fluffy. All right. And it's got right. big eyes. Anyway, so there's lots of there's lots of rodents out there you can own. You can get mice, like straight up mice. Brandon, can, you, uh, can you research if a guinea pig is a rodent? It is a rodent. Yeah. What else I is it? Just, I, just, I said it's a rodent. I know, I'm saying it's. No, you said you called it a rat. Are they in the research if they're, they're in the rat? <laughs> <laughs> just because it's a rodent doesn't mean a rat. You wouldn't call a capybara a rat. The thing is. 110 pounds. I guess well, that's so. a rodent. Right? It, it is, is a rodent, rat. yeah. But you wouldn't call it a rat. Well, what classifies something as a rodent? What what is what are the familiarities? It's a family, like it's it's the rodent family, like the I think it has to do family. with the teeth. The maybe. teeth. I bet. I bet. I bet. Gross. Yeah. I, I, maybe teeth, and then good at chewing things. Yeah. I feel like you're being unnecessarily like. I got bigoted. towards rodents. <laughs> Um, um, I, 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 this is I've, good. I was thinking we need to have something to disagree about more. Okay, yeah. Because the people need us to argue about something. If you're just calling the Swiss soft and you're like, what, they're so cuddly. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, me and David both called, called them cuddly, all right. Actually, he started with it. So if you're going to go up to the cuddly thing, be accurate. All right. But anyway, let me finish it's my like, point. It's like, yes, man, I don't want to throw shade at David. <laughs> let me finish my point. All right. If you're going to get a rodent, the first rodent you should go for, or the only rodent I believe you should go for, is a guinea pig. <laughs> Brandon, um, you can speak. What is it? Uh, this is, don't just give him the ammo. They're not pigs. Guinea pigs are not pigs at all. Just despite popular name, belief, despite their name, guinea the pigs. pigs. Uh, guinea pigs are part of, part of the rodent family, which also includes rats, mice, hamsters, squirrels, and beavers. Guinea pigs originated from South America, where they still live in the wild today. You imagine seeing a wild guinea pig? Would you just go up and grab it and cuddle it? No, I'd be worried about well, it taking my finger off. What yeah. I want to know is why they're they're called pigs. Like and guinea pigs no, that they're not pigs. Yeah, I love that Google <laughs> clarifies it's not pigs. David's a pig. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> and, mm, I'm not. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying the, the, the all the families that have had guinea pigs growing up, they've always been really endearing to me an endearing pet um they're kind of like got the benefits of a tiny dog with none of the hateful aggravating qualities that little dogs often display so like you know and also their loudest noise is a little squeak whereas a little yappy dog 
will make you want to tear its head off. So I feel like if you're going to have a rodent-sized animal in the house, it might as well be a guinea pig instead of a chihuahua. Or neither. I, I mean, I will never own a chihuahua or a guinea pig. I'm just I'm just coming to the defense of the guinea pig and saying like it's a it's a valuable pet. Like I, I see why people get it. Oh, I, more so than if they get like a hamster. I don't understand that. That's just a. It's like diet mouse because it's got a tiny tail and it's stupid looking hamster is diet mouse yeah like get a mouse don't get a hamster get a mouse they're cooler they got longer tails they got big ears hamsters just look like i'm not gonna say that okay i'm gonna say i'm gonna say one more story and then we can go into having a different discussion but right. uh back when i lived with connor long and mm -hmm. we had the connor don variety show we talked oh. we talked about this on the connor don variety show uh but we I feel, hold on, I feel like we need to have Connor on the show to tell this no, story. No, 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 no. I want to tell it right here. All right. Um, I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but I'm just going to... Uh, just, just a small part of the story, and then Connor can kind of tell the rest of it. When he, Which, when it'll still on, have right. to be really filtered when Connor tells it. Because <laughs> um, it was wild times back then. <laughs> uh, back before you guys were married. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we had a... Connor had a, a ball python... That lived in his room and so we would buy mice to feed to feed the python but in the four months it lived with us it never once ate a mouse so we had this most time we would just you know go outside uh if it didn't eat it we just whack the mouse's head against the concrete and put it in the freezer because mm -hmm. uh, it would kill it instantly that was the most humane way to do it um but we had this one mouse that we called master splinter that we we bought like a uh we called it the pent mouse. The pent mouse. We bought like like a two story cage for it, loaded it up with food and everything, and we would put him live in the snake, uh, snake pen or whatever you want to call it. And it, if it survived through the night, mm -hmm. then it got to spend a week in the pent mouse. And we is had, that how we also got the thing. name Master Splinter because he would yes. survive. That's also how the snake got the name Garfield because it didn't eat mice. And so it would just it would always earn uh, earn its stay in the house because it would spend a week. And so we always imagine that it's just in there like beating up the snake, and that's why the snake doesn't eat mice because it's just freaking scared of them. It's scared the of Master, Master Splinter. It's the name Master Splinter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. The rest of that story I'll save for for Connor to tell. Uh, wait for him to. I feel like I've him to tell the story of the gang, gang mice. The gang mice. The gang yeah. mice. Master Splinter and the gang mice. Oh, I can't wait. That'll be a good one. All right, so um, we would be remiss if we did not take this opportunity to interview uh, our resident expert. On, I don't know about expert. I mean, you're more. <laughs> me and Donovan are just like fans of concealed carry. You do it. Uh, you can't, well, you don't even conceal. You you carry a gun, and it's part. You get paid for it, so yeah. at least professional. Yeah. Um, and so. I'd be, I'm curious to know, what has been something about law enforcement going into it that you expected? Mm -hmm. Like something that something about it that was difficult or maybe, you know, fun, like that you're like, okay, I, ex I expected this going in. Yeah. And then what was something that just took you off guard? Uh, so f first off, before we get ahead of ourselves, mm -hmm. how long have you been in the department? So I've been a police officer for, well, sworn for two years, but two and a half years in County Academy. Okay. So. Awesome. So you're starting to get a feel for it. Yeah. Are you the, 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 are you classified as a rookie anymore? Were you ever classified? I mean, there's not really like a specific classification. A lot of guys say like within two years, like you're a rookie, but it takes about two or three years, to like really like okay, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. Even sure. then, like you still like my sergeant the other day. He's been a cop for like 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. and we showed up to a call, and he was like, "I've never seen this before. It was interesting." Um. So like you still see new stuff every day. You learn all the time, but yeah, yeah, you're still you're still a rookie at that point. Do you feel like um, the academy? How long was that? You say half a year? Uh, it's yeah, it's six months. Okay, um, but some guys are in for almost a year. Uh, depending just depending on, on what happens, like yeah. you may get recycled. You may, like number of things can happen. Sure. So, um, how well do you feel that prepared you to be on the streets? Fantastically, really, but also not at all. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so so in your like it prepared you as good as education could as it could yeah because you're gonna need real life experience yeah because okay. like i'd say so what it did was our academy and my department has its own academy which is 
awesome because you know mo- most apartments in Georgia you go through a jib stick, which is like the the minimum requirements to be a cop. I think it's like three months long, mm-hmm. and it's a really easy academy. Well, I say easy. Some guys say it's really hard. I've never been through it. But um, basically, you go through that, and then you get hired on to a department. Okay. Well, our department is like, okay, we're going to hire you, then send you through our own academy so that not only are you learning laws, you know, how to arrest people, you're also learning the tactics we use. Gotcha. So they were like, okay, we'd rather train them, train these potential officers ourselves rather mm-hmm. than get them from this generic. Yeah, because every, everyone does things a little bit. Yeah, and they don't, they can't control the standard of that school, exactly. so, but they can control their own standard. Exactly. I like that. If yeah. I was going to work for a department, that would be yeah. what I'd look for. Yeah. I like that. So the, the academy is really good at teaching you basically, here's how you try not to die, mm-hmm. and here's the tactics you're going to use in the road. But then outside of that, it doesn't really teach you how, you know, this is how I deal with the drunk dude that's, you know, arguing with his wife. The the soft people skills. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Which a lot of that is just, you just have to learn that by throwing yourself into it. Mm-hmm. So pretty much it was mostly just tactics and, you know, tactical defense, shooting, driving, uh, a little bit of laws, a little bit of scenarios. Mm-hmm. But as far as being a cop, the only thing you can really to learn how to do that is just doing it sure so you got to get in and get experience Mm -hmm. yeah um so now we got that out of the way uh what um what then have you with two years now of experience Mm -hmm. what then has been something where you're like okay yeah like back to my original question you're like that was 100 i expected that and it's how i imagined it if anything was that way and then what, what came out of left field and was just like, oh my gosh, this is wild. Um, Which is a really open-ended question. It is open-ended. Feel, feel, feel free to answer it however you want. So I'm going to say, as someone who's never been in the military before mm-hmm. or been in like combat situations, being in a situation where you're like, okay, I'm about to have to go fight someone. They may mm-hmm. have a gun. Like, mm-hmm. I may have to go shoot someone. Like, like It's not a competitive fight. This is a potentially life yeah, or death fight. Yeah, it might be a life or death fight. And like, that that's pretty eye-opening because it's like you really don't know how well you deal with stress until you actually like are in that situation mm-hmm. like you know mike tyson says like you know everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face right and so <laughs> it's, it's so true man so my my third day on the on the job the area we work it's got college it's got this massive mall it's got a bunch of highways that go through it so we have a lot of tra- traffic accidents mm. So I'm sitting there, my field training officers in the driver's seat. I'm just in observation mode. So I'm pretty much just watching him work like, okay, just give me a feel for how you do a day-to-day officer thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a tone out on the radio. Tone out means like, hey, everyone shut up, listen to dispatch. Something bad's going down. So we get a tone out, and they're like, yeah, there's three masked gunmen in the mall. Uh, we got shots fired. People Dang. are running around. around oh, I place. remember this. It sounds like an active shooter. Wow. So... We walk in, I think I'm going to see like a bloodbath, right? Mm-hmm. And we walk in, people are running around all over the place, there's chaos, but like there's no one shot. Okay. We don't hear gunshots. Um, are you going in with, with rifles? Yeah, so we roll up We roll up with a canine unit. We were the first two that I know of that were there, at mm-hmm. least on that side of the mall. And uh, so we throw all our stuff on, grab a rifle, and like we walk in, and you know, at first we're like, okay, what's going on? Mm-hmm. It, is, it is so easy to get tunnel vision. Tunnel vision is a real thing, man. You get auditory exclusion. You get to where you're only focused on one thing, not like a big. Uh, I don't know. You don't. You don't really. You're not aware of your surroundings. No much. peripheral vision. It's yeah. It's like it's the tunnel vision is just like what it sounds like. It, it, it is it, a, it looking down a tunnel. Yeah, that's why. Like you, you watch a lot of like officer, you know, body cam videos, and you're like, why is he doing that? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, because his heart rate's all the way up here. Yeah. You know, his vision's like pierced in on what he's looking at. Mm-hmm. He's not focused on his surroundings. Yeah. So, and that comes with time. That comes with um, experience. A lot of guys figure out how to breathe through those situations, mm-hmm. and so that's something I've had to learn a lot. But like, there was one part where uh, we went up to where the call came from, and these women were in the closet, and they came, we we knocked on the door, we're like, "Hey, we're the police. Everything's okay. Just come out." Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't. We still don't know if there's a gunman, so like, mm-hmm. we're still we're ready. Mm-hmm. But they come out and they're shaking. Their eyes are wide. Like I, mm-hmm. I've never seen like true terror until mm-hmm. I saw that moment. Wow. Yeah. Um, but then, so the mall is set up to where there's back hallways, so that like employees and maintenance can go through there. 
So we had to go clear those back hallways. And my FTO was saying there's a part in the hallways. So when you clear with two people, um, you have to basically be the shield. So like like the bullets have to go through me to get to my buddy. Okay. So I'm facing the threat. My buddy's behind me. I've got to get shot first before he gets shot. Yeah. Because I'm facing it. Okay. So there's a, a cross intersection, right? And so we come up on that. It's, it's a really dangerous spot to, to clear. So you have to go in at the same time. And my FDO is saying, hey, are you ready? You're going to clear left. Mm-hmm. And he said it to me like two times, mm-hmm. two or three times. I didn't hear him. Wow. Just because I was so like, this is a stressful situation. I've never mm-hmm. been in this situation before. And like, it wasn't a big deal, but it was like, we just didn't know what was there. Well, it was a bit, it, it turned out it wasn't a big deal, but, the yeah. threat, but, but right but away, we, we thought it would have been a dude. Yeah. yeah. With a gun. Yeah. But then he finally it. tapped my shoulder. He's like, hey, you need to look to the left. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I guess for me, it's like, I didn't expect the whole tunnel vision they tell you about in the academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't expect it until like I was in that situation. Wow. I've gotten better. I've learned how to like read through it mm-hmm. and like, just be calm. Yeah. That's the best thing you can do. If you're in any sort of emergency situation, just be calm. Mm-hmm. Just take a second, just breathe, look around, think about where you're at. Like, you know, they talk about uh, when, which basically stands for what's important now, mm. you know, ask yourself that question. Um, but it turned out that it was just an armed robbery. These dudes came in, they decided to shoot the glass in the uh, jewelry store. Okay. So and, when, uh, the, when people heard shots, yeah, and there was it wasn't, Shots fired in the air necessarily. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it was shots fired. They they unloaded their clips into this this uh, counter of a jewelry store. But Did you just say clips, clips, magazines, whatever you want to say. Does that does that irk you? I I I, I like being a snob about it. <laughs> it, it 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 irks me when people without any gun actual knowledge yeah says it. it's like a politician who's trying to pass gun laws yeah says we're going to outlaw guns with 10-round clips. And I'm like, so gun, guns with 10-round magazines are good? Yeah. You know? Because like, they, they, they don't know. I, 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 know, I, I call you. clips just because. <laughs> I know you know, so it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. If, if anybody gets a pass, it's David. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> so I, they, I, so, so they, I they carry 10. I carry 16, so I think I'm, I'm in the clear. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you're, they, they want us to carry more, I think. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But yeah, unbeknownst to them, that class was bulletproof. That's why they just kept. Yep. The bullets, <laughs> bullets are ricocheting, flying everywhere. I think somebody got hit in the ankle. I think that was the only injury. Oh my god! Well, really? That and the security guard, which wasn't supposed to be carrying a gun, he decided I'm going to carry a gun today. And he gets behind a column and just starts shooting at these guys. I think he hit one of them in the stomach or something. So that is yeah. scary. Uh, so if you're going to decide to unlawfully carry, get training. And be able to not just spray and pray. Well, he he was like a military veteran. Okay, actually, so he wasn't just like yeah. Okay. I, 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 I had the mental image yeah. of some mall cop. Just yeah, it wasn't just a mall cop. It was a security guy that's been in the military and stuff. Okay, all right. Well, in, in a situation like that, is it still like are you still focusing on like okay, I need to make sure I'm not like flagging any civilians or anything? Yeah, like all those fundamentals so, are still yeah. in place. Are yep. you trying to think about all those at that time or at that point? Is it yes. like autopilot? So we had a whole week of active shooter training in the academy, and then every year we do a big scenario where, like, the whole precinct they do it like, like so our precinct goes, then another precinct goes and does it, and like a whole day is just focused on the active shooter. Yeah, and you you train. Um, I think that if you're going to be in a church, I think something that churches need to start doing is like for the deacons that are carrying or the men the church that are carrying, they need to learn how to clear the church safely. Yeah, in case an active shooter does break out, because it takes time for the police to get there. You know, you think about it, you have to, somebody has to call 911, then dispatch has to, you know, get all the information down, relay it to the police, then the police who are far away from that have to get there. Mm-hmm. So you have all that time for, you know, people to lose lives, right? Yeah. So I think that people need to learn how to clear safely. So, like, when we clear, when, when we're walking around through a building, clearing clearing halls, clearing rooms, we're, our guns are down, we're mm-hmm. in school. It's different from if I'm going to clear a house that I know is empty that may have a burglar, then then I'm punched out, right? Right. Because you don't know if that guy's waiting around the corner for a gun with a gun. So I'm clearing in Sewell. If I hear gunshots, then I'm running, right? Mm-hmm. But if I'm not hearing gunshots, I'm Sewell. I'm not pointing at anyone, right? So real quick for the uninitiated, <laughs> what's Sewell? It, it's uh, I think it's Portuguese for south. It's just basically saying I'm keeping my gun down. Mm-hmm. 
just not pointing at, at anyone. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, we, we did this one drill during active shooter training where I was actually one of the victims. And uh, basically, there's this long hall, then a room that cuts to the left. And uh, the gunman runs to the entrance of the room in the hall and just starts shooting. And then he runs into the room. And once he starts shooting, I start screaming, right? Mm-hmm. I'm screaming bloody mur- murder, like, oh, my gosh, he shot me. Like, mm-hmm. help, help, help. And uh, so everyone in my class, they would run around the corner. I'd say at least half of them shot me. I, like, re- re- like, like ran you out. shot me? Yeah, I like, ran out and grabbed them, like, help me, help me. And, like, they actually shot me point blank multiple times. Oh, because <laughs> they thought that you were coming after them. Yeah. Like, they were just freaked out. Oh, this guy's coming after me. Boom. Yeah, wow. I, I had a lot of wealth after that. Oh, oh wow! Like it's like paintball, pretty much. Yeah, and, yeah. and a pistol. It's really cool. Train rounds. Um, what blank? Yeah, yeah. Oh, one gosh, one, one of the guys was pissed at me, but he put his hand up and shot and shot his hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like don't be. He's, he's like dog cussing me. I'm like, that's your fault, buddy. Yeah, you shot me. Oh, yeah. So he's um, like, if somebody comes running out of a hall saying they've been shot, are you just gonna smoke him? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah I think. I think more people need to learn how to clear safely mm-hmm. and come up with a game plan. Like, hey, if an active shooter breaks out, we need to know what the heck we're doing. Especially if they're a part of a contingency plan for an active shooter. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I guess whenever you're off duty, like, how does that change? Like, how you think about like situations where, like, like if you go into like a new building, mm-hmm. are you still like aware, like looking for like potential oh, yeah. exits or yeah? Like, so like like sizing people up. Yeah, my wife doesn't like it as much, but, like, I, I try to sit close to the exit. So, like, I'll sit in the back at church, or at least to where, like, okay, I can see the exit. And I, I kind of always had that in the back of my mind. Um, yeah, just stuff like that. Just be, be aware of entrances, exits. Um, be looking for suspicious people. Like, I mean, I, I hate, like, people think cops are judgmental. And, like, that's because, like, we're always ready for... Because anything can happen. Yeah. You know? Especially when you work in a job that the job description is dealing with crappy people. Yeah. Uh, I imagine that will tune you in to looking for... Like, you can call that judgmental, but, Mm -hmm. like, if your job is to deal with people that you would that anybody would be judgmental towards yep. like it's like it's like it's not necessarily even judgmental at that point though from a lot of you guys it's just yeah. realism yeah yeah pretty much but well, it, I'm, i would say even in like civilian life like being judgmental or just making sure even it's not even like profiling just mm-hmm. like watching people and mm-hmm. figuring out like all right why are their hands in their pockets or like stuff like that that could save your life yep um yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I'd say just come up with a game plan, you know? Like, for me, like, if my family's there, then I'm going to be thinking about them first and foremost. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to get them to safety. Um, but obviously, every situation is different. Say, if a, gun, if a gunman came in right now, I'd just shoot him, right? Um, but, you know, if I had time, if there's an exit right there, I'm going to get my family out, then I'm going to handle the threat. Yeah. Um, which some people are different. I know you said on the podcast, like you're just focused on your family. Like you're going to get them to safety. Right. I'm not, I'm not a law enforcement officer. And so if mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I, I usually think of it in like a really public setting. Like yeah. if I'm in a Walmart, you know, gathering them and getting them out, I'm not going to go back in. Yeah. yeah. Most likely. Yeah. I know for me personally, I'd, I'd go in with it. Sure. And I'd want <laughs> someone like, I'd want someone like you, like, mm. okay, I have the opportunity. I'm going to end for it now before mm-hmm. it takes another, another life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No. I. 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 And. And I think you know. I. I don't have a problem with people doing that. I think, especially in your position where it's your job, you know, and like a lot of shooting videos that I see where you know somebody's defending themselves or others, mm-hmm. a lot of times they are off-duty officers. Mm-hmm. Like we. And what's the policy there? If you're off-duty, like, but in, you engage in a situation, are you still covered under like? Yeah. Like you're still like considered an officer yeah acting in that yeah, situation you're still acting good faith right it's not it's not like okay you've taken your uniform off mm-hmm. and now you are in legally only considered yeah. a defensive situation like citizen yeah well i mean there's there's a couple of different nuances um you do have to like identify yourself as a police officer i sure. think that helps um but i'm not really sure about like the legalities behind it other than like if I'm like, say someone's like holding up a store or something, mm-hmm. and like I try to arrest him by myself without mm-hmm. a uniform on, mm-hmm. and he decides to run from me, mm-hmm. well, if I've identified myself as a police officer, and like 
maybe even show my badge or like just say like, hey, I'm a cop. Mm-hmm. And he decides to either like fight me, shoot me, or like run away. You know, he may or may not get charged with obstruction. I think that's the only real nuance there. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's so, but it's not like you're going to have ramifications for intervening. Whereas the, it depends state to state. But like if Donnie and I tried mm-hmm. to go, with, like we were not going to the store, yeah, and we saw a store getting held up, mm-hmm. and we went and initiated, yeah, contact, we could get charged with. And we killed the guy, maybe, say. Uh, we could get charged with murder because the defendant, defense attorney could say, well, your life wasn't in threat. Yeah. Whereas in your shoes, you have a legal obligation to intercede because yeah. that's okay. So it's not like you are then in our position when the uniform comes off. Yeah. There, there's an element of you're always on the clock. Yeah, I, I'd say so, yeah. Um, I think a big big part as far as like civilian carry um something that they teach us is is ability opportunity and jeopardy mm-hmm. uh, which we're actually moving away from that because we can shoot people not that we're looking to shoot people but we can shoot people for other reasons like if, if you just murdered someone you're running out of a house mm-hmm. you, you may not be pointing the gun at anyone you may you know you might just be running away I can still shoot you because that's a fleeing forcible felony is that a georgia thing or is that across that's the board? across the board yeah as far as I know, that's across the board. Um, you may get hemmed up in like a liberal state, but yeah. Sure. Well, is that is that like? So I saw on YouTube, uh, you know, donut operator. Mm-hmm. He he recently covered two different shootings mm-hmm. uh, where people were pissed off because the officer shot the dude in the back. Okay. Um, while he was fleeing, yeah. but it was that situation. Like both of them were that situation where they had yeah. committed that. With that, that that's what the, they they knew they had to stop the guy. Yeah, and so it was. It, it was no longer a we're trying to arrest this person. We're trying to stop them. Yeah, and if stopping them means shooting them, mm-hmm. that's what's gonna. It's not just a we can only shoot them when their gun comes up towards us. Yeah, because I mean, you think about it, somebody just committed armed robbery. Somebody just raped someone. You know, some heinous crime you can think of. Yeah. And they're running. A lot of times what happens is they're trying to find a car. They're trying to find, you know, they, they could run into a school, take everyone hostage. They could just yeah. start shooting people. They could run up to a car and be like, hey, you know, get out of the car. I'm taking your car. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm not going to. Then they shoot Boom. them, you know, so. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and, and that that's, an, that's another, like, difference between, you know, civilian and law enforcement, I guess, because we shot somebody running away from us, you know. Like, yeah. again, and maybe we get a lenient, you know, you know, attorney, yeah. you know, like that wouldn't, that would see why we did what we did, but you just got to be careful if you're a self-defender. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're defenders first. Yeah. Like legally, we're defenders first, not mm-hmm. keepers of peace. That's where that ability, opportunity, jeopardy comes in. So mm-hmm. basically ability is like, okay, I have the means to cause physical damage, just mm-hmm. like serious bodily harm. Um, like, you know, the dude has a baseball bat or a gun. Uh, opportunity is like, if I have a baseball bat and I'm this close to you, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have the opportunity to, to hit you. Yeah. And Jeopardy is like, I'm, I'm about to hit you. I'm about to kill you. You're swinging back. Exactly. <laughs> now, like, if that dude has a baseball bat and he's, you know, 100 yards away, you don't have opportunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's something that, for as far as self-defense, you know, just think, like, is someone's life an intimate danger? Mm-hmm. You know, like, can someone die right now in this situation? Yeah. So, about that scene in Point Break, whenever uh, he gets away and he's like, ah, like just shooting in the sky. Yeah. Gonna be honest, I I haven't seen. Point I've never Break. seen Point Break too. That's okay. I know the movie. I've seen. Yeah, that's it's. Is that it's the, the original or the new one? They recently made a new one with. Um, uh, I think it's the guy that plays Thor. Chris Hemsworth. I think it, yeah. No, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. There was one that came out, and it was Chris Hemsworth, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Wait, really, one, yeah, and that's the one I saw. We're, ta- we're talking about oh, geez, the Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Re- yeah, Keanu okay, Reeves. so I knew there was yeah. an original. Yeah, okay, so so it's a really good movie. I want to watch the original because the, 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 the I'm not going to recommend it to anybody morally. Okay, um, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I can't recommend. Re- research it. Look it up on the IMDb Parents Guide before you watch it. Okay. I have seen the movie. Don't recommend it to anybody. Sexy but times. I, huh? Sexy times. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I figured that's the same deal with the second with the, with the point break of 
with with a. I see. I didn't even know they came out with a new one. Yeah, I remember that one. It came out in like 2012 or something, and uh, me and me and my, my my friends watched it. Yeah, it's all right. Well, David, uh, the last question that I have is: what is what is something that you've learned as like in your time as a police officer that you you do apply to your daily life, and you think everybody else should also apply to their daily lives? It could be like a skill or like a a lesson. Um, yeah. Um, I think so. I think recently you said like being your own first responder. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. I think more people, and this this is kind of a rant, but I can't tell you how many like heinous car accidents I've rolled up on that I'm like, why did this person not stop and help? Mm-hmm. All these people are driving by, just like you know, minding their own business, like nothing's happening, and they obviously see. You know, someone's on the side of the road, you know, motorcycle accident, you know, someone might be dying. Mm. Like, freaking go help them. Yeah. You know, you don't know if someone's called 911 or not. Yeah. Um, so, and then just just being prepared. Just think about, like, what situations are going on. You know, think in your mind, like, make up scenarios, pretty much. Like, yeah. if, if you, everyone goes to church. Mental game plan, man. Yeah, like. like Mental reps. Exactly. So, like, when you're going to church on Sunday, like. It's weird because it's like you want to worship, you want to be there, but you also need to be ready because mm-hmm. you know anything could happen. You know, you go in the store, go shopping. Yeah, you know, you gotta be ready. Yeah, um, I don't think I ever walk into a convenience store without running through. Like, not not out of mm-hmm. not necessarily just out of discipline, but every time I walk into a convenience store, I'm like, well, this spot gets held up on in here. Yeah, almost every time, it's like, what am I gonna do? Yeah, yeah, I better not use the chips as cover. That's that's that that's just cover. It's not concealment or concealment. It's not cover. It doesn't stop bullets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that learn learn laws too. Mm, yeah. Um, if you're gonna go through the have the, the, the trouble of carrying a gun for self defense, yes. understand. I, 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 man, I try and talk about this on the podcast whenever we bring it up. But it's like when I went through my class to certify to be have a concealed carry license, which kind of bothers me because I'm like, who is the state to tell me what I need to do to carry? But mm-hmm. I also think it's really valuable because I don't want just anybody just carrying mm-hmm. because that's, yeah, it is a force multiplier for sure. Yeah. Like this, you, somebody who is really physically unable mm-hmm. can kill somebody else yeah. with a gun, you know? Yeah. So uh, it's a really dangerous tool. And so I just wish that people would take their own initiative to get training. Mm-hmm. I wish the state didn't have to mand- mandate it. Like, if you're going to go through the trouble of carrying a gun, then take responsibility to tr- get training with it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's besides the point. You know, I remember when I was going through the class, and the guy is, what, said, all right, we're here for eight hours. There's no way in eight hours I'm going to teach you guys to be good fundamental shooters um, because it's only eight hours. That's on you to figure it out. But I can sit here and give you legal advice because mm-hmm. he was a lawyer. And so that was his perspective uh, during the whole training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he talked about was you need to understand that even if your shoot is 100% clean, you were in, your life was in danger, and, uh, and this person did have malicious intent, mm-hmm. you're still looking at maybe a year, at least, of legal problems. Uh, you're, you're probably going to spend <laughs> some time in a jail cell, mm-hmm. and um, you're going to have your gun taken. Which, which we, I think people don't think about a lot. You know, yeah. it's, it's like we think about it through the movie perspective of there's a threat, I'm the good guy, drug gun, drop the bad guy. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go back to Starbucks. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like all right, maybe, maybe people don't think that's actually how it goes necessarily, but that's a lot closer to that scenario than a year of legal battles yeah. and prison. Even like mm-hmm. a fight. Like, yeah. not just with your gun. Like, recently we had a really bad fight at a gas station. And, uh, you know, this dude's bothering this guy's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. They get into an argument about it. And uh, the dude that was bothering the girlfriend put his hands on the guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the dude's back. He pushes him or something and backs away. Mm-hmm. Um, then the dude decides that he's going to run up to the guy and try to punch him. Well, the guy... After he pushes him? Yeah. So, so the boyfriend pushes this heckler. And then he's backing away. Then the aggressor decides he's going to try After him. he gets pushed. And so the guy defending his girlfriend rears back and clocks him in the face so hard. I mean, he, he hits the ground. Blood's going everywhere. He was knocked out when we got up to him. <laughs> but, I mean, we, he still got charged. Really? Because, like, 
I mean, yeah, there's an, there's an argument there. Mm-hmm. You know, we really don't know all the details completely. Yeah. So we're just going to go ahead and arrest them mm-hmm. just to play on the safe side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the court will figure it out from there. Yeah. Um, that, that's a great example right there. Like, the guy could have been completely justified to break that dude's yeah. face. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like, you don't know in that situation. And yeah. and if there's anybody that showed up to it on a situation, I'd want it to be you, mm-hmm. right? But you're mm-hmm. still doing what I'm telling everybody else is the cops are going to do. Yeah. Is they're gonna arrest you? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean they think you did something wrong, but they gotta do it. So, so if you're ever shooting somebody, <laughs> this is what the guy told me, and uh, he said, um, "Do not say a word to the police because you're gonna be in shock, and you don't know what you're gonna say, and it can come and bite you in the in the butt in court mm-hmm. um, because you might say something completely unhinged, mm-hmm. you know, not because you mean it, but because you're in shock." Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then also comply, you know, put that gun down. And then uh, this is this is my argument for why I say like if I'm in like a store mm-hmm. and there's a shooting going on, I'm getting my family out. So the reason first that I'm getting my family out is because I physically want to protect them, right, mm-hmm. and get them out of there. But then I have to consider if I go and re-engage, are the ensuing legal ramifications? Is it going to inhibit my ability to lead and protect my family yeah. down mm-hmm. the road? Yeah, you yeah. know, and so and so I've already done my job. In that capacity of protecting, mm-hmm. and so 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 at that point it becomes a legal hesitation, mm-hmm. which is frustrating because I want to be able to save lives, yeah. but at the same time I don't want to take myself out of the equation mm-hmm. of being able to be there for my family yeah. down the road. Um, and yeah. so, and, and it's not like you know, it's not like there's going to be things that stick, but you know, uh, you know, I think about what Kyle Rittenhouse went through legally. Mm-hmm. You know, that dude probably lost years off his life with stress, you know, yeah. dealing with the, yeah. not just because of how, of dealing with the court, but like how public it was. Yeah. Now, and that's a great situation where I, I always tell people who are interested in self-defense, while I do think that Kyle had a right to do what he did, mm-hmm. I'm like, use some uh, common sense and don't show up with a long gun to that situation uh, because there's a good chance those people change. I think one of the arguments of the prosecution was that he was showing up like because he had the gun mm. that's what caused the altercation to begin yeah. with which is like okay yeah but he still had the right to defend himself mm. you know so it's like yeah but it but i agree with mm. that assessment where yeah. you know if you're not overtly like carrying a rifle <laughs> a battle rifle mm. then you're gonna you know be a better option, <laughs> you know, like if, if Kyle Rittenhouse was a buddy of mine, you know, and he was talking about getting ready to gear up to go help protect this situation from the riots coming to his hometown, I'm like, I'd be like, I'd really caution against it. Yeah. You know, because, you know, if he was a dad, he would have been, you know, he'd financially potentially crippled his family, yeah. you know, and, and all that Or lost stuff. his life. Lo- or, yeah. yeah, or, or, yeah, or, or been, you know, if he didn't get killed, you know, like if you, or, or he could have been, you know, charged mm-hmm. and been in prison for 25 years, you know, so, yeah. so it's just, it, it, man, you got to be careful with that. And as, as much as I'm just like, man, <laughs> buy body armor, buy guns, buy night, night vision, you know, be ready to smoke bad dudes. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a real, that, that's a, that, those are the fun topics to talk about. Yeah. I think you got to know, you got to be more disciplined of knowing when to use it than even how to use it. Yeah. Or as exactly. disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they need to, they, they need to go, um, they need to go hand in hand. Um, 43, 48. 48 minutes in. Oh, we're doing good. We're doing good. How's the, how's the bad <laughs> memory going? Are we, are we doing good for memory on the phone? All right. Good. Yeah. Good. I would say like, so my, my mind with carrying guns is more about active shooter situations. Sure. You know, that that's, that's when it's like, undoubtedly, I'm going to use my firearm in this situation. Yeah, because lots of people are getting killed. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, my thing is, like, yes, you got your family safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you live with yourself with, like, okay, yeah. I didn't want the legal ramifications, but there's people in here dying. Right. You know? And and that's a good point. Like, if somebody's in there not just robbing the place, mm-hmm. but they are in there with a gun killing people, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, who knows? You know, I, I may find myself in that situation and go, all right, I got to go back in. Yep. You know, so yeah. Which I mean, I, I either way, you know, yeah. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. Who knows? You know, I, I pray that that's a situation I never come across. But I also pray that I'm I'm ready to handle it if it comes down to it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want it. I don't want to 
me and Don have been talking about this a lot, where it's like, don't, don't, don't be so unprepared for that situation mm-hmm. that comes up and you can't make a decision. Exactly. And so, you know, if, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to be a, a free thinking individual who is ready to be proactive, mm-hmm. then, then like you were saying, and we've said mental reps, think about those situations, think about how you'll react in those situations and then hard training, like you know, understand mm-hmm. your law and understand your gun. I mean, it even goes all the way down to just how you dress when you leave the house. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know that situation that I talked about, our second or third episode? Third episode. Where the, the first thing going through my mind is, like, all right, I have two layers, two heavy layers between me and my gun right now. And like a sweatshirt and a jacket, right? It was like a sweatshirt and a heavy jacket. And I was like, mm-hmm. I, did, I did not plan well for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you never think anything's going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like, and at some point, you can only go so far with the preparedness. Because, I mean, it was like 20 degrees outside or something. Right. I mean, it's cold. Also, um, also, the way you present yourself, too, is a big factor in, mm. like, whether or not someone's willing to pick that fight with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, we see that all the Like, you know, guys that come to work looking like soup sandwiches, like, you know, they just look <laughs> out of shape. They, they look like they're not really, when they're on scene, they look like they're not really engaged. Like, they're not, like... Okay, I need to be aware and like you know their eyes aren't sharp. Yeah, those are the people that that get in the fights that have people run from them mm. all the time. I think civilians because they look at them and they go, "I can outrun you." Exactly, and the same <laughs> like if like if Donovan showed up and he, he was you know freaking three hundred plus pounds and like you know just didn't look like a threat or like mm-hmm. not really a threat but like looked like he would handle himself. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that mugger would be like, "Okay, I I, I could take this guy. I could yeah. take his money from." Um, so I think the way you present yourself to them, like your first line of defense. Uh, yeah, I love that. I love that because so you know the the brand um, Freedom. It's a T-shirt company. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Uh, they're really they're really um, popular right wing, politically right wing mm-hmm. uh, T-shirt manufacturer. They make lots of different shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the ones you see with like. Um, Declaration of Independence script, like on them and stuff, yeah. or like uh, you know the circle of stars and a rifle or something on the shoulder, or you know yeah. they're they're really overtly like mm-hmm. I carry guns and I and I I will be honest, it really aggravates me when people wear those shirts. I agree, and Actually. and I and yeah. <laughs> and I never wear them. Yeah, uh, because I don't want to look like that guy. Yep, but at the same time. I don't want to look like a target either. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, like, I was given an example. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, my, my, my uh, has a family member. I, I, Uncle EJ, I love you, and I really appreciate the gifts. But he gave me about eight of these shirts for Christmas. He ordered, like, a bunch of them. And they're yeah. all, like, really cool kind of shirts. But, like, I was looking at every single one of them going, I will never... In my life, wear one of these. Target. That's a target. That's like, I was one because I don't want to wear that so much on my sleeve because then people see that shirt mm-hmm. and they're going to put me in a category mm-hmm. politically or ideologically, yep. and or or even person like like define my personality based off of that shirt. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather be able to interact with somebody in a conversation exactly. without them seeing those cues and mm-hmm. like me wearing a flannel is already going to put me in a box in some people's minds, yeah. you know. So I'd rather. And, but then also, you got the other side of it where I'm going to wear clean clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear um, also maybe more aggressive-ish clothes. Like, I'm not going to wear designer stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look like a tough target. Like, somebody where it's just like, no matter where I align politically, if you decide to fight me, I'm going to look like I'm the tougher one. Yeah. And, but I'm not going to handle that. I'm not going to be, like you're saying, like, I'm not going to be that... I'm not going to project that in yeah. how I speak, but like I'm going to walk purposefully. I'm going to have my head looking around. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody was trying to find somebody, I'm going to try and take their wall. Yeah. I want them to look at me and go, nope. Yep. You know, I think everybody should, should strive for that. Where it's like, like you. The velvet covered, covered brick. That's right. Yep. The velvet yep. covered brick. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, it'll still knock you out. It'll still break teeth, yep. but you can also pet it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the bare minimum, I think, is just be capable. And look mm-hmm. capable. Yeah, but don't look like an like an ass hat. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So um, I want to talk just real briefly before we wrap this up. Um, you know, you've been you've referenced training and you've mm-hmm. referenced drills and all that kind of stuff. 
me and Donovan are drill fiends, but especially Donovan, he's kind of pigeonholed himself into the uh, uh, the build reel. Mm. Uh, and so we need we need some new <laughs> we need some new some new stuff. If you got one, we're gonna go out. Uh, hey, uh, if you listen to this on uh, on on Spotify, we're gonna try and have a a, very, a short shooting video go up on our YouTube channel. So you should check that out. Uh, but link yeah, in the description. That's right. You have any like uh, drills where you're like, okay, th th these are some popular ones. This is the one that I went through with the course. It was really useful. Mm -hmm. Works through that. There, there's a bunch of them. I think the one of the best things. Two, two really good things. One is using cover and movement. Mm. Um, learn the difference between cover and concealment. So like a, a wall with sheetrock is not going to, that's not covers. That's There's, concealment. Yeah, exactly. Because bullets still go through it. Only, exactly. It's only meant to hide you. Exactly. Um, as opposed to like an engine block of a car, that's mostly cover. A lot of cars make very bad cover. Mm -hmm. um, for the most part, bullets are going to go through them. There's only certain spots in the car that are going to stop rounds. So, uh, so like we do this one drill where um, for the people just listening, this isn't going to help you at all. But basically, there's like trash cans set up like this, and we mm. pretend like, okay, this is my cover. Okay. And so we'll just walk normally, and then they'll say like threat, and then mm. there'll be a few targets, and you, mm. you know, you try to do like two, two of the chest, one of the head, mm. and then you assess. You know, you're still drawn down, but you assess your situation, have that situational awareness. And then you holster. Break from tracking. break from your tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. You've engaged. Force yourself to break from tunnel vision. Look around you. Yeah. So it's so like you can train that so that if you're in a situation where you have tunnel vision, like, okay, I know what you need to do now. Yeah. I need to take a breath. Yep. And then you just keep walking. And then, like, sometimes they'll say threat when you're, like, right here. And it's like, well, I need to be able to shoot and move to cover. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, like, you can go to the range all you want with a target that moves out. And mm -hmm. you have that little lane, like... That's good. Like you want to be accurate, but also when you're in a shooting situation, like your heart rate's going to be up. You're going to want to move. I think they said like 80% of officers that didn't move when they're in a shooting situation ended up getting hit and dying. Mm. Um, so like if you can move when Moving you're target's hard to kill. Exactly. Exactly. The other thing is, is do drills that get your heart rate up. Mm. Um, something I'm going to start doing in the summer because I'll have the property back in my house to do that. Um, is just like running sprints, doing push-ups, doing something to get your heart rate up, and then you know go to the target and get on, start shooting, mm. and then keep running. And uh, it's just good conditioning. It's good to to practice that with that elevated heart rate. Mm -hmm. So one hundred percent, one hundred percent. One thing that I've been doing to practice, and this isn't necessarily elevated heart rate, but shooting an off balance platform yeah. is um, after I so I go for a run after work every day, mm -hmm. and then when I get home, I put my gun on. And then I will set a two-minute timer, mm -hmm. and I'll put. Uh, it used to be one minute, but now I've you know pushed myself, so now it's two minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll stand on one leg mm -hmm. and start the timer, and then I'll do dry fire drills on that one leg the whole time. Oh, okay. uh, and if and I've got one little patch where if my iron sights are outside of that when I break the shot, mm -hmm. then I have to, I don't count it, you know, and I yeah. just keep going. So that's two minutes, mm -hmm. and it man, it's good. It's it's good just work and balance, you know, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then so so, but. To your point of just like finding ways to where you're not like it's really easy to go to the range. You stand on line, mm -hmm. you know, you, you square it up to the target like this. Just go. Yeah, you back to your whole and over, over and over again. It was yeah. just like okay, but if you're in a situation where you draw a gun, you know, I'm gonna want to like draw and then move laterally or something, yeah. you know, where it's like you're saying, officers apparently statistically who don't move get shot and die, yeah. uh, and so uh, shoot and move, man. Um, if you can try it. So we'll, we'll try and work. We'll try and work some of those drills. Uh, so, yeah. awesome. Donnie, you got anything else? No, thanks for coming on. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is a fun episode. Stay safe out there. One of these days, I'm going to go down to the Atlanta area and do some shenanigans and get arrested by you. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to figure out what is the bare minimum that I have to do to get arrested and get to ride in your cop car. Yeah, but then not have many legal problems. But not have many legal problems. Was it just like public indecency or something? No. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> okay. Don't do that. We'll figure it out. Do we'll it by school. I'm just, I'm just going to show you my cop car. You don't have to do anything illegal. I don't know. I want to be in your handcuffs. Stop. I brought my handcuffs. <laughs> All right. Thanks for, for watching or listening, and we'll see you next time. everybody. <laughs> so, it's come that time in the podcast. First off, I would like to tell everybody, drink water. You're probably dehydrated.
Who are you inviting on? Uh, we are inviting on uh, my old co-host from the Con and Don Variety Show, uh, Connor Long. Because we got to hear the rest of the story, Master Splinter and the, the gang mice. And a lot of other stories. <laughs> Listen to the freaking episode, Connor. Yeah. <laughs>